time. What problems do you want to solve? What career paths exist and how will you get there? Get the inside scoop on college and career options. Let's plan your future. This is College and Career Corner. Welcome to this week's installment of College and Career Corner. I'm your host, Andra Anderson, Senior Coordinator for MBRT Next Generation Scholars, and I am particularly excited for today's guest. I had the opportunity to see her make a presentation at the Upper Shore Youth Environmental Action Summit got all those words down (laughs) a couple weeks ago and was just totally blown away and impressed by her presentation. So please welcome to the WKHS studio, Imani Black, who is the founder of Minorities in Aquaculture. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, thanks for being here. So I have to admit, um, before your presentation a couple weeks ago, I knew very little about aquaculture, except that it happened in water. (laughs) Um, So it was very exciting. And I say that even Having um, attended uh, Washington College, I know all the really great work that the Center for Environment and Society does. I was not like involved in it as a student, but I knew that stuff was happening. Um, and I have some some uh, friends who work with like Shore Rivers, so I kind of hear those conversations. But um, that was my first big like introduction to aquaculture, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. There's a ton of aquaculture that's happening in Maryland. Um, particularly just the entire Chesapeake Bay. So it's a really cool industry to just be involved in. Yeah. So what exactly is aquaculture? Like, what what is it and why is it important? Basically, it is just farming, but in the water. Yeah. So I love when you said that. I was like, got it. <laughs> I feel like on the Eastern Shore, that's a really great comparison yes. just because we're surrounded by farmland. Um, and it's basically, yeah, just farming in the water and it's just producing um, you know, seafood so that we don't have to go out into like the wild fisheries. And um, it's really giving, the, you know, the wild fisheries time to rebound and replenish um, because we're, you know, impacting, you know, the environment with frustration with aquaculture, but then also too, um, you know, supplying, you know, like fresh seafood for the market and like just the economy and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. So, one of the things that we like to do on this show is take kind of a professional journey with each of our guests. So can we go back to like junior year in high school? What did you think you wanted to? I know, right? Go back. Let's, <laughs> let's roll back. What did you think you wanted to pursue? Um, well, I always kind of knew that I wanted to pursue something in the environment, like restoration, conservation, um, ever since I was like seven years old. So I feel like for me, it was like just figuring out what I wanted to do as far as biology. Um, I, you know, knew I wanted to get into environmental science, but um, I at the time was going, well, still, I went to Old Dominion University. And when I was making that decision, they had a really good marine biology program um, that was more focused on oceanography. So I was like, okay. Guess I'll be a tropical biologist and yeah. travel the world and go to beautiful places and oh my gosh. study exotic species. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of just like where um, I feel like I was. I kind of always just knew, but didn't really actually pinpoint it yet. Yeah. When did that happen? When did you kind of decide? Oh, this is what I need to do. Um. Yeah. So I clearly remember at seven years old, like going to my first science camp. Oh. Um, it's actually, it's full circle actually, because that's the, it's the same university that I go to grad school right now. Oh, wow. Um, and so I just remember going there and just learning about, you know, striped bass, blue crabs, submerged aquatic vegetation, oysters, and just like 
after that week just being like oh my god like this is so you could do this as a job yeah. like you could work outside <laughs> as a job and like be in the mud and in the water and stuff and so yeah my mom likes to make fun of me because uh, she said I was really nervous when I went there but then when I left um, and she was picking me up and we had a two hour drive home from Cambridge she was like I did not shut up the entire time <laughs> and I kind of went on an environmental rampage of like we need to recycle we need to do this we need to do that so that's so cool well that's what you want from those events like I feel like the same from the upper shore like you want people to walk away from that thinking what is my piece in this like how can I help or make a difference or encourage or inspire other people so at seven years old that's awesome <laughs> yeah no and you know speaking of the the upper shore uh, youth summit I, I thought that was really great it was I awesome loved, I loved love just talking to just younger people about mm -hmm. you know just what I do and I think you know one of my biggest things that I try to get across is that like I'm no different than you um, that I came from the same environment that you did and I know that it looks like I'm doing all these big and grand things but like really I'm you know still the same as you and I came from the same hometown and you can do the same things too it's like not impossible yeah and it's not like a out of the ordinary type of thing there's a lot of really great younger you know younger people my age that are doing amazing, amazing things. Yeah. And they were all speaking yeah. at the yeah. summit. Yeah. yeah, that was probably the coolest message from the day was like, you could do this if you wanted to. And it yeah. was very... That was really cool because sometimes you see people doing awesome things and you put them on this pedestal and for you to just be like, no, I'm just like you. I just kept going with it. Like you commit to something and you just keep rolling and you accept opportunities as they come. I think that was so good for yeah. them to hear that yeah, and absolutely. I know they walked away at least the students that I was with they walked away feeling like really refreshed from that oh, weekend yeah no it was so good it was so good and um, several of them attended your session and just really enjoyed it so I was like oh, gotta we gotta keep putting you in front of our young people right like keep getting them inspired like you can do this too yeah absolutely and I think you know one of the biggest things in that presentation I really wanted to get across to you was like you know I like struggle with ADD and I think a lot of people there's a lot of stigma around having a learning challenge and having learning disabilities and like even with that it's like all it is is just about learning like how your brain works mm -hmm. and like just knowing that every single person's brain is different and like you just have to figure out like what works best for you mm -hmm. I think that just makes people just so much more confident as they just go forward in their career because they understand like what works best for them what doesn't how they need to structure their day how they need to structure their work and so yeah, I just I I have found that really powerful. So I've like always want to just like get that message across of like I know it like might feel like challenging right now, but like it won't feel like that for a while, you know, for like years to come. So yeah, that's so important. I'm so grateful that you shared that message because I know students are sitting there thinking like, oh, I'd really like to, but or you know, this is something that I'm currently working with, and to see that they can do the things that they want to do, it's just a matter of learning how do you learn best, or how do you move best, or how do you challenge yourself best um, and who's there to support you like who I mean that's a good question for you as you were starting this idea who did you lean on for support or who was your support system uh, yeah I think you know I went through a lot of just like different challenges uh, trying to get my career going and even just like in school and things like that and I think you know some of the people that I just leaned on of course was you know my family I come mm -hmm. from um, a family just full of educators and that just really value higher education and so 
Um, they were just always like pushing me just to strive like a little bit more in the things that I was doing. Um, and I think, you know, when I was building my career, there was like a few women that were just like really amazing that just like really just showed me that like I could do the things that they were doing and they were just so nice about just bringing me in and teach me everything. So I think like in the beginning it was like the women and the people like that were in my early awkward culture career that like really just saw more of a potential in me than I was like actually showing at the time. Yeah. You know, I was like fresh out of college, <laughs> fresh 21. And so I was just like not, you know, on a focus path and but they understood like my passion when I would talk about it they would see it and mm -hmm. so even when I didn't see it in myself um, I'm just happy that you know the people in my immediate kind of circle saw that and just were like alright just like keep pushing keep doing it even though like I didn't sometimes believe in it sometimes so that was really nice to have yeah uh, speaking of of women in the industry did you find there were many what kinds of what when you started to enter aquaculture or you know even just marine biology in general did you find a lot of women and were if so what kinds of roles were they in yeah I think you know when I first started aquaculture um, I did an internship at Virginia Institute of Marine Science and that whole crew was mostly women. Mm -hmm. um, and then even the job I had before that with Chesapeake Bay Foundation, that that crew was all women. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like, cool. I'm going to be working with a lot of women. And then I got my first, like, real, like, f oyster farm job. And I was the only woman out mm -hmm. of 15 guys. Mm -hmm. And so that was, like, a little bit of, like, a shell shock of, like, oh, my gosh, like, okay. And so <laughs> it kind of continued on from that of, like, I would see less and less women in my spaces, um, you know, and then for like, you know, the last two years when I was at, you know, um, the first privately owned hatchery in Maryland, um, there was, it was only three of us, but we were all women, but mm -hmm. we were the only women like really in the company of like 25 to 30. So, I mean, I feel like there are some women they are scattered, but I feel like in a lot of sectors of aquaculture, um, you know, there's not a lot of women and they're usually like in the office or like doing kind of like more lo logistic work, like not really out on the farm, like doing like physical labor things because of course, you know, women, you know, we can't do physical labor things oh, ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. You know. <laughs> right? Think, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, so no, so that's good. So you kind of realize like there is a place for me and I, do you feel like you have to kind of pave the way sometimes? Like, do you feel that pressure a little bit? Um, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like, especially now, um, you know, starting minorities in aquaculture and like really bringing up the conversation of, you know, where are the women of color that are in aquaculture? Mm -hmm. Like, this is the demographic that's missing or even like the history of the Chesapeake Bay, you know, and how African-Americans had a huge contribution on the Chesapeake Bay. I think bringing all of that to light kind of, you know, really shows that like, there it's a need there's a need for it and so sometimes I don't mind paving the way but like it's for me it's like not paving the way just for me but it's for like the entire organization of minorities in aquaculture all of the women that we get to help all the women we get to connect with and even like the future women like after that so I just kind of see it now as like a bigger picture like before I like would see it as like oh it's pressure like all yeah. this other stuff and now I feel like I'm just trying to you know really think broadly now in that mm-hmm that's so awesome. So talk to us about Minorities in Aquaculture. Where did that get started and what's what you're working on now? Yeah, so Minorities in Aquaculture is a organization, a nonprofit organization I started in 2020. Um, I had been in shellfish aquaculture for about six years at that point. And so I'd never seen another woman of color in my space. And so, you know, just in 2020 with the heightened conversation of diversity and inclusion, I just got really moved by that, just being a person of color. And so I, you know, had no idea how to start a nonprofit 
it, but I Googled it. And I figured love that. <laughs> that was my favorite part. I just Googled it and I figured it out. I, I love it, that. It, I, I make it sound a lot easier than what I know. Was, I'm sure. But was, yeah, but legitimately, I was just like, I don't know what I need to do. So I just started Googling things um, and things just started coming together. But it's a community, really, of just education, empowerment, and just support. Um, you know, a lot of women of color in marine sciences, there's not a lot of them. And so they always feel isolated. They always feel like they're not included. And so um, having a community like that where you can get career development resources, like funding for conferences, funding for in fully funded internships, just, you know, connections within your aquaculture, you know, aspect or field. Um, I think it really helps with the you know, helping them shape their aquaculture career on their own terms while just kind of removing a lot of the barriers um, that, you know, women of color face in marine sciences. Also, there's a huge labor shortage just in food production, mm. like agriculture, aquaculture is no different. Um, and so really, you know, it's bringing the diversity and inclusion piece, but also like really helping people recognize that aquaculture is so important that we need to just keep flooding people into that because, our sustainable seafood resource, our seafood resource in general is really going to depend on aquaculture mm. coming up here soon. Yeah. So you, you saw this need for this organization in multiple, multiple ways. Yeah. 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 And I'm still, you know, finding out ways that yeah. we can like really be impactful. I don't like to really put us in a box because, you know, I don't know what opportunities are going to come next. And so I just try to keep it as wide, but like on the path, in, you know, in general as I can. Yeah. Um, and then just be really creative about it. You know, I'm. it's not my community. It's the women of color in MIA's community and I'm just including that like mm -hmm. I like to tell them that I might be the driver of the of this bus of change but they're giving me the directions because <laughs> you know they're it's really just all about us and like what you know what's going to work best for just us in the future I love that like I'm I'm in this too we're all figuring this out together yeah. as we as we go through kind of driving the bus together right. so I guess what what um if a, if a high school student was listening to this, like what's something they could do to get involved with minorities in aquaculture? Yeah, we'll definitely like look us up, um, follow us on social media and things like that. We're, you know, we're developing ways um, in our local community to like really, um, you know, just increase our impact and our presence, especially in Maryland. So we have, you know, a few, you know, just like community events and things like that, that we're going to be at just like really spreading the word. Um, I think that, you know, just like getting into like your local aquaculture industry, um, just really learning about that, supporting um, local oyster farmers that are around, I think also helps minorities in aquaculture in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, just like kind of really diving into it, see if you like it. And if you do, uh, let me know because yeah. I'll be happy to, you know, help you and connect you with anything that, you know, or answer any questions that they may have. So. Yeah. What's a project? What's something you're working on right now or working your way through? Yeah. So we, this is our first summer having interns in the Ooh, field. I fun. know. Oh my God. It's, it's crazy um, to think that in the start of 2021, we only had one member and now we have over 50. Wow. And that's amazing. Yeah. They're East coast, West coast. And we have some international too. So it's, it's been a whirlwind, but yeah, we have our first round of, um, you know, internship fully funded internships that we're doing um with a few different organizations university of louisiana lafayette 
um, a coalition called Oyster South, which is just like all the southern oyster farmers, like really getting some interns in there. Um, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, like places like that, that like are really kind of booming right now. And, and you just really kind of need, you know, just hands right now in the um, on the farms and in the hatcheries and things like that. So, wow. Yeah. So pretty excited. Yeah, that's really exciting. Summer is coming. <laughs> yes, it Summer's is. Oh my gosh. And then I'm trying to, you know, finish my get my like thesis together at the same time because I'm a master's student at the same time. So yeah. everything right now is uh, just heightening up <laughs> all at one time. So so I'm trying to keep everything together. Yeah. How much more or how many more classes or semesters do you have for Ooh, your... Oh, too many. No, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it's, uh, I graduate this time next year. Okay. So not to... You can see it. It's there. It's there. The light is at the end of the tunnel, but like the more I write, the more that light just gets smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> sometimes. But I'm going to make it through and, uh, you know, it's going to be um, a really cool... Um, project that I'm working on for my thesis like really looking at the eastern shore in more of like an ecological anthropology way of like Ooh. we understand that like all of these ecological things that are affecting the Chesapeake Bay but like how have you know African American communities and just our coastal communities in general have been reshaped and, and kind of impacted by those ecological changes cool yeah are you like doing any um, partnerships with it or reaching out to any local com like community groups or anything? What yeah. are your... Yeah, so my biggest kind of group that I'm like really targeting right now, there's only eight African-American watermen on the Chesapeake Bay. Oh, and wow. all over the age of 60. Wow. Um, and so that was like kind of the real reason for my thesis of like, I really wanted to highlight them. I really wanted to honor their legacy like while they were still here. And from a younger generation of like not having a lot of people going, you know, behind them, I really wanted to just immerse myself like in their culture and just like really understand like is this a like, domino effect of the lack of engagement like the things that you went through in your career the barriers and things like that so yeah I think that you know just kind of with my thesis it, there's a lot of I'm putting a lot of pressure on it because I know how impactful it could be I want to mm -hmm. tell their stories right I want to honor them and their legacy so yeah it's been really cool and I'm really just excited to just talk to the community and just see what I can learn about just that era and that time for African-Americans on the Chesapeake. That's awesome. So Thanks. will will you as minorities in aquaculture like, um, press, I don't know, promote or um, publish like your thesis and talk about it or will that influence your work in some ways? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I, I'm in this space right now where I'm really trying to like, uh, not separate myself like in a bad way but like you know I want to be Imani Black and I want to be CEO of Minorities in Ocker Culture I don't you know not saying that I'm not both at the same time but I want to do things that like are just Imani Black and so my mm -hmm. thesis is is really like Imani Black okay. and like I think you know definitely all of the things that I'm doing now really kind of intertwine together and I kind of did that on purpose <laughs> when I went and I started my master's I told my advisor I was like hey look um, so I got this freight train <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> attached to me right now and I don't think that it's going to slid on anytime soon so I really need a project that's going to really like help MIA and like really just like be a part of that so um, so yeah so that it, it, all the statistics of that is really going to help MIA just in like our growth and just like some of the suggestions of like diversity inclusion in Chesapeake Bay and all of those good things um, but yeah the publishing will just be Imani Black so yeah. hopefully Dr. Imani Black soon. Ooh, yeah. that's your goal that's, that's your next yeah oh, I don't know I go Maybe. back and forth I, I go back and forth about it because I'm like I you know I've had a pretty good time in my masters but I'm like another two years <laughs> like, oh my god more research right so yeah. if I if I do it it'll probably be international somewhere that's always Ooh. been my dream to do international aquaculture you can ask anybody that's known me who's 
just had to hear me geek out about aquaculture for years. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. There's so many things that are up in the air for me right now until I graduate. So yeah. really right now I'm like building my future, which is like kind of cool. Yeah, yeah that's so. very cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of building futures, what advice do you have for current high school juniors or seniors who are thinking about their next steps and trying to build their own futures? What would you want to tell them? Yeah, I would just tell them just to like figure out like what you love to do and like what matters to you and like what you're passionate about. Um, I think, you know, one of the things, even though I had like challenges and barriers and things like that, one of the things that like was really like, kind of helped me through that um, was that I knew what I wanted to do. I was like, you know, really certain that I wanted to do that. And I was really passionate about it. So like all the other outside noise like didn't matter. So if you understand like you and you learn about yourself, you learn what, what works for you, you learn like what you love and like what you're passionate about, then like don't let anybody tell you that it's like oh that's like too crazy that's too big or like you're not good enough to do that or anything like that because like what do they know have they yeah. done it before yes <laughs> what do they know <laughs> and like yeah you know take constructive criticism and you know mm -hmm. things like that for people that actually care but like you can tell pretty certainly when someone's like not supportive of you, you and your dreams and so yeah. you've just got to like just totally just dismiss that outside noise even though it's hard sometimes and like really just ground yourself in your support system and just keep doing what you're doing and just keep being proud of what you do really yeah oh, I love that I know we have um, I don't know if uh, any of the seniors here are counting down 60 some days until graduation Ooh, I know yes. so it's it's imminent it is coming they are making their next steps so <laughs> appreciate that advice well I feel like we could just talk forever and I, I really know, appreciated right? <laughs> your presentation at the summit and this is not the end of the conversation especially with with our students in College and Career Corner so we'd love to have you back sometime yeah absolutely yeah. thank yeah. you so much for having me thank you for coming so that is our show for this week, and we will see you again very soon. Bye. Bye.